The clerk will call the roll. Alder Harrington McKinney. Present. Campbell. Yes. King. Here. Palm. Fair. Here. Rummel. Present. Schmidt. Here. Skidmore. Here. Revere's excused Wood. Present. Zellers. Here. Aarons. Here. Balde. Peter Seeloff is excused. Carter. Cheeks, Clear, DeMarb, Eskridge, um, and Alder Hall is excused. Quorum present. The council is in session. Um, Alderman DeMarb? Um, yes, sir. Are there any opening remarks? No. So. Okay. I'd like to move suspension of the rules. 2.04, order of business. 2.05, introduction of business. 2.24, ordinances. 2.25, resolutions for items so designated on the agenda. So motion. Is there a second? Second. Motion is second. On the question, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Should we go to hiring resolutions? Please. Alderman Cheeks. I'd like to move item number one, celebrating Nakoma on its centennial and saluting all who created, nurtured, and maintained it through these past hundred years and beyond. Second. Motion is second. Alderman Cheeks. Um, so I'll need your patience for a moment. But fortunately, this only happens once every hundred years. Um, I'm going to read the honoring resolution and then invite up, um, a couple members of the neighborhood to accept it when I get reached the end. Whereas Native Americans had long enjoyed the western banks of Lake Wingra for a summer encampment, and whereas European settlements after 1836 developed the rolling landscape into private farmlands in the town of Madison, and whereas the University Land Company opened its Gorham Heights plot and on farmland overlooking the historic Spring Tavern in 1911 with little success, and whereas the Madison Realty Company bought the failed plot and several adjoining farms, and in July 1915 offered the first 290 lots for sale in its new 89-acre development, and whereas the MRC called the plot Nakoma, the Chippewa word said to mean, I do as I promise, and whereas the MRC honored the land's legacy by naming the Nakoma streets after Native American tribes and nations. And whereas the hearts of the Nakoma neighborhood and its Nakoma Historic District entered in the National Registry of Historic Places in February 1998 in recognition of its architecture, ar architectural integrity and social significance. And whereas the Nakoma Historic District contains the finest collection of period revival residential architecture found in Madison, including colonial Dutch, excuse me, including colonial Dutch colonial, Tudor, French provincial, 
and Norman Revival, along with the sample of Prairie Bungalow and Craftsman-style residence. And whereas the Board of Madison Realty Company embodied the classic Madison business combination of public service, university, law, and finance, by including such leaders as Circuit Court Judge and future Supreme Court Justice E. Ray Stevens, Savings Loan and Trust Company Secretary Edward F. Riley, UW Dean and Agriculture Henry L. Russell, uh, Bank of Wisconsin President Joseph M. Boyd and Alfred E. Rogers, law partner of Senator Robert M. Follett and others, and whereas Nakoma's general concept plan was designed by acclaimed Chicago landscape architect Ozian C. Simmons, who earlier designed the Henry Vilas Park and Zoo, Tenney Park, the Ahara River Parkway, and Brittingham Park for the Madison Park and Pleasure Drive Association, and also the Highlands and College Park, Shorewood Hills, development, and whereas Professor Leonard S. Smith, also MRC director, surveyed and plot Nakoma based on Simmons' designs, which Rogers said was to leave the land as nature made it, unmarred by the cutting through of streets, so common in the conventional city plot. And whereas the original plot had several additions and replots created between 1918 and 1947 respect the natural topography through a graceful pattern of uh, curvilinear streets, and whereas, because the town of Madison did not levy taxes sufficient to pay for the new development's infrastructure, the MRC invest itself provided streets, water, gas, electricity, sidewalks, shade trees, and transportation via a dedicated jitney bus to and from downtown. And whereas, in 1917, the MRC built a $15,000 grade school in the Prairie School style on the site of a one-room frame schoolhouse from 1856, which served the area until MMSD built a Henry David Thoreau school in 1971 on the same location, giving Nakoma Madison's only parcel used continuously for public education. And whereas, in 1920, MRC sales manager Paul E. Stark incorporated the Nakoma Homes Company, which sought to ensure a permanent high-quality residential community through restrictive covenants regulating building style, setbacks, and standards, and whereas, in addition to providing police and fire protection, streetlights, and maintenance, the NHC developed a duck pond in the waters across from the Spring Tavern, featuring a stone wall attributed to Frank Lloyd Wright, and whereas in May 1920, residents formed the Nakoma District Welfare League, the purpose of which was uplifting of humanity, relieving of distress, the lending of a helping hand to those in need, be they rich or poor, the giving of ourselves to do for others. And whereas the Nakoma League continues an ambitious program of charitable and social activities, and whereas the full Nakoma plot was annexed to the city of Madison in July 1931. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the city of Madison celebrates Nakoma on its centennial and salutes all who created, nurtured, and maintained it through these past hundred years and beyond. Thank you. People uh, who will be speaking on this, first person is Gene Stewart, uh, 734 Huron Hill, and uh, or Mr. Consini, you're going to go first. All right. Well, I've got to first ask: Are you any relationship to Tom Consini? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, former 
member of the city council from the first district, if I remember correctly. Please. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Mark Cansini, and I am the co-president of the Nakoma League that represents our historic neighborhood. And I would just like to take an opportunity to thank you, the council, and Alderman Chiefs specifically for drafting the resolution and celebrating uh, our neighborhood, our fine neighborhood, on its centennial event. But more importantly, I'd like to introduce you to one of our oldest neighbors and residents of the neighborhood, Ms. Jean Stewart, who will uh, give you a little history lesson, a short one. Again, thank you. And Jean Stewart uh, represented the Nakoma area on the city council when, if I recall correctly, it was the 20th district? Was it the 20th district? 20th district, yes. You have a good memory. <laughs> Sometimes. Thank you. Hi, I've written out a few notes and um, will, um, I think, say some of the same things that uh, Maurice said, but uh, quite, in a quite different uh, perspective. But um, I'm happy to be here tonight with our alderman, uh, Maurice Cheeks and uh, Nakoma League President Mark Kaczynski that just spoke to you. Um, I was asked to speak this evening uh, because I've lived in Nakoma for 55 years, which is quite a stretch. Um, in 1960, my husband Warren and I left the Chicago area and came here, and he came here to teach at the university in the engineering department. And then soon after we moved into our home that was built by Paul Stark, which was also mentioned by Maurice, uh, in, in 1922. So we've had to do a fair amount of remodeling and upkeeping and things like that, but we love the house. Um, we have enjoyed living in the house for more than 40 years, and in, in the early years we brought up our six children there. Um, Paul Stark and others started the Stark Realty Company and uh, purchased land and divided the land into buildable lots. And, uh, and that happened in 1915, which is just 100 years ago today. And um, soon after, um, some homes were built and the Nakoma League was founded after, after there were a few that were built. And I have many fond memories of the Nakoma League and all of the activities that they have for all the residents. They have picnics and uh, progressive dinners and uh, uh, 4th of July celebrations for the children. And it still goes on in uh, full force these days and everybody enjoys the, the friendliness of the neighborhood. And after I was president of Nakoma League in 1973, I decided that when there was an opportunity, I might run for the Madison City Council uh, and, and, uh, and represent the Nakoma area and also the Dunsmarsh area and half of the Midvale area. And I was an alderman for 16 years, and when I left the council, that was a, a record for any woman to be on the council that long. Uh, I don't know if it still is a record or whether it's not. But... Um, Anyway, um, I worked especially on many environmental issues with revolutions and ordinances, and also there, were, there was a big 
building boom in the city of Madison, and I voted for all of, all of those good things that our mayor was behind, uh, and um, it's, it was a very interesting and exciting time. Um, I, w I was, uh, uh, let's see, I, um, I won't ask you to guess who was the mayor when I began in 1977 on the council and when I finished in 1993. And you might guess that it was our present mayor. And he's always been our enthusiastic and dedicated mayor who comes back to lead our city again and again and again. <laughs> and this evening is a special time, and I know all Nakoma residents will be happy to know the Madison Common Council has uh, recognized our 100-year celebration for the Nokomo neighborhood, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alderman Stewart. Um, we also have a registration here from Stuart Levitan supporting and available to answer questions. So, discussion on the motion, questions of the speakers? If not, the motion before it, excuse me, uh, Alderman Rommel. Mayor, I'd like to add the whole council as um, sponsors by your consent. There's no objection. Uh, Alderman Cheeks? Um, I, I want to acknowledge that um, it's, a, it's a huge privilege to live in Nakoma, but it's a, it's a, in drafting this um, honoring resolution, it was, um, ex it was entirely made possible by the fact that we have a a Madison historian that uh, that lives in the neighborhood, Stu Levitan. So I want to acknowledge and thank him for his his uh, help and diligence in doing the background research to make this possible. Um, and, and I guess before we vote on this, I'd like to um, ask Jean if she'd come up. I'd, I'd just like to present her with this uh, this proclamation to keep. I just want to also express my appreciation to Mr. Levitan both for this work and for previous work that may have gone um, unheralded. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd just like to say that uh, uh, Alderman Stewart has been devoted to the city for a long time prior to her service on the council since then. And I'm just curious, the young woman sitting to your left, uh, is that a relative by any chance? I am a relative. <laughs> granddaughter? Are you older? I'm her granddaughter. Yes. Thank you. Um, 
Thank you very much. Maybe one day she can serve on the council. Uh, thank you. On the question of adoption, further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item two is an honoring resolution recognizing National Farmers Market Week. Is there a motion? I'd like to move item two, please. Is there a second? There is. Uh, whereas the farmers markets are key pieces in the local and regional food system that provide a direct market venue for farmers and serve as a critical access point for consumers across the city and region, whereas the farm-to-table movement is well established in Madison and Dane County with many efforts to improve access to local, fresh, and affordable food at farmers markets, restaurants, and retailers, and whereas the close connection between consumer and producer bolsters our local economy by maximizing the amount of dollars that stay within our region and whereas the farm to table movement is celebrated in our very own Dane County Farmers Market, the largest producer only farmers market in the entire country. And whereas the City of Madison and Dane County partner to provide support to the administration of electronic benefits transfer, EBT, and Mad Market Double Dollar Program that Dolly's program that helps expand the safety net for food share participants at farmers markets. And whereas the Community Action Coalition for South Central Wisconsin provides the excellent administration of the EBT and Double Dollars program that is key in increasing access to the many other farmers markets in the city and county that serve our neighborhoods. Now therefore be it resolved that the Mayor and Common Council Recognize the week of August 2nd, 2015 as National Farmers Market Week to raise further awareness of the impact of farmers markets on our local and regional food system and the contributions to our local economy. Discussion on the question. Alderwoman DeMarble? No, I was just needed oh. the mic on. Sorry. Okay. Uh, any discussion? Seeing none on the question, which is adoption. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman DeMeyer. Mr. Mayor, at this time I'd like to present the consent agenda. We'll be moved with recommended action listed for each item except items which have registrants wishing to speak, items which require an extraordinary roll call vote and are not included on the consent agenda by unanimous consent, items which older persons have separated out for discussion or debate purposes. Um, items 3 through 14 and item 25 are public hearing items. Item three um, will require a three quarters vote um, for approval, which tonight will be 13 votes. Um, item 10, um, Alder Zeller will be uh, submitting a substitute ordinance. And item 25 is simply um, out of order because we didn't catch it when we were going through and it should have been a public hearing. The following items are extra majority items to be included on the consent agenda with request for unanimous vote and that's item 19, file number 39527 and item 57, file number 39319. Items or agenda items part of the consent agenda but with additional recommendations are noted. Item 53, uh, the recommendation, it was heard at CCLC tonight, the recommendation is to adopt. Item 54, also heard at CCLC tonight, the recommendation was to place on file. 
And item 71, there's... Um, I'm sorry, it says 54 on my... Oh, I'm sorry, the recommendation was to adopt. <laughs> yes, you're right. Thank you. Um, item 71... <laughs> Yeah, that's the budget. Re request additional referrals to the City County Homeless Issues Committee, e Equal Opportunities Commission, and CDBG. Item 90, <laughs> one second, is a request for additional referrals to Transit and Parking Commission. And item 43 is being on the exclusion list. Um, and Alder Ahrens has asked for that to happen. So we have the motion before us. If the motion prevails, all of these items will be adopted with the recommended procedures of referral and or adoption itself, with the exceptions of, I hope I got this right, 3 through 14, 25, 43. Are there any others? No. Okay, on the motion then, which is to adapt the recommendation to Alderman Clear. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to be recorded as voting no on item 71. We have votes on... Normally we do not have votes on uh, introductions. I don't know that we've ever had introductions uh, with voting. Um, the oh. introduction still needs to be approved by the council, does it not? I don't believe so, particularly since uh, any member of the body can introduce an item. So, City Attorney? I, I, I'm not certain that items brought by any member of the council or the mayor are subject to a vote on introduction. Any, any member, I believe, has that right to, to introduce. My, my recollection, maybe you remember this, in 2007 there was a resolution I don't know that it's happened since then, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure what Alder Rummel is trying to say, but um, several members, um, uh, right, and several members um, abstained from the vote to introduce that item. That's the only thing I can remember that, and you were city attorney at the time, but might not remember that particular incident. I don't way remember I that one, but that's... Alderman Romo? Uh, just to follow up, I mean, we always vote when things are introduced verbally. From the floor, yes, the because floor. it's not on the agenda. Oh, because it's already on the agenda. Okay, thanks. The clerk can note your opposition if you'd like in the record, if no member of the council takes exception. <coughs> Alderman DeMar? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I also want it to be noted that several members of the public um, registered for 71 and they were told that there would be no public testimony on 71 and this item was not debatable because it was only being introduced. Thank you. Um, so 3 through 14, 25, 43. Otherwise, the items on the agenda will be adopted and referred as listed on the agenda. On the question, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Um, before we proceed, 
this is a point of, of uh, as a point of procedure. I want to note, if I count correctly, we have 17 members of the council present. That's right. Uh, I believe one member of the council is leaving for a ceremony at 7.30, is that correct? So that'll leave us with only two more than the minimum required. I will also be leaving for that same ceremony at that time. So I just want to alert you to that. Um, so with that, we will proceed to a public hearing. Excuse me, Alderman DeMar? No, I'm fine. We'll then proceed to the public hearings. Um, declare a hearing open on item three, a uh, item on the, for the Madison General Ordinance rezoning property at 501 Welsh Avenue. The hearing is open. We have registrations on this item. The first registration is from Emmy Reiner, opposing wishing to speak, who will be followed by Ali Rennie, who will be followed by Michael, I believe it says Lambs. Uh, and then I'll continue to read off names of people wishing to speak uh, as we can move this along. Is, is Emmy here? And I just want to remind people, both microphones are available, whichever is most convenient. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Emmy Reiner. I'm a resident on Center Avenue, which is uh, less than a block away from the property that we're discussing tonight. And I appreciate your attention tonight. Um, I've lived uh, in my house for about 12 years, and I consider myself kind of a newbie in that neighborhood. And um, what I know about the neighborhood is that it's very close-knit, and people live there a very long time, much longer than I, I have. And, and what concerns me about rezoning of properties is that, um, well, first of all, when people see a double lot in our neighborhood, they snatch it right up. And um, sometimes I think that people just see dollar signs and instead of really thinking about, you know, the fabric of our neighborhood and the investment that we um, residents have that neighborhood. And it concerns me that, you know, sometimes people who are not in the community buy up these properties and they rezone them, parcel them out and um, either rent them or, you know, sell them. And the only problem I see with that, too, is that these properties are going to be, I mean, from what I've seen, it's going to be small, small houses, and those houses often turn over fairly quickly um, is what I've experienced in the neighborhood. And, and I've heard of um, the plans, which are, you know, for minimal housing on this new lot um, and maybe the quote, small house type of um, home that was going to be built on this, this new adjacent lot. And, um, and I feel that we as a neighborhood don't really know what the specific plans are. And I, I felt that it was unfortunate that it left the plan commission in that state um, of unknown. So I hope that you'll reconsider um, you know, rezoning because I, I just feel that it's going to happen to other double lots in the property where people come in um, who don't have as much investment into the neighborhood as we do. 
And I feel that, you know, we as uh, the neighborhood should have a say in what goes on um, in the properties around us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, the next registrant is Allie Bereni. Yes. It will be followed by Michael. Uh, Mich no. Well, let's, we'll figure out who's next when I can read this. Okay. Isn't it on? Okay, thank you. Uh, I thank you for letting me speak in support of this proposal to rezone 501 Welch Avenue. Um, the Garden Ridge neighborhood was originally platted in 1918, and at that time the developers created two lots on the property that is currently 501 Welch. Uh, currently a 904-square-foot home built in 1918 uh, exists on Lot 1, and I think it's worth noting that it is entirely on Lot 1. So uh, leaving the suggestion that uh, the early intent may have been, in fact, to develop Lot 20 separately. Uh, the property is currently zoned TRC2, making it the only TRC2 property of the 20 lots on its block, kind of an island of TRC2 zoning surrounded by the TRC3 that we are requesting. Uh, we've since learned that often what happens is that somebody who owns both adjacent parcels of land, they want one property tax bill, and so it simplifies things to sort of treat the two lots that are adjacent as one for, for simplicity purposes. However, with the TRC2 zoning, the lot number 20, the undeveloped one, is impossible to develop because it does not meet the 4,000 square foot minimum required by its TRC2 designation. With rezoning, both lots will still be among the largest in the neighborhood. Um, we, the applicants for rezoning, and I'm one of them, believe that rezoning the property of 501 Welch to TRC3 is appropriate because it brings its zoning into alignment with other properties in the neighborhood and allows for the building of a small single-family residence on Lot 20, a residence that's still required to meet all the zoning codes, setbacks, usable open space requirements, and bulk limitations set forth in Madison General Ordinances. Furthermore, we believe that the rezoning and development of a small home on Lot 20 is beneficial because it is an example of infill development that is consistent with and specifically encouraged by the city's comprehensive plan adopted in 2006 and amended just three years ago. A home on Lot 20 would meet the goals of the comprehensive plan in that it will be a home in a vibrant neighborhood. It will provide housing that is within walking, biking distance to employment, entertainment, education, and the enjoyment of Madison, Madison's lakes and excellent parks. And it will be in a transit-oriented neighborhood that is served by several bus lines that can take residents to points throughout the city. The five of us who have purchased 501 Welch with the hope of building a small home on Lot 20 share the ideals and values delineated not only in that comprehensive plan, but also in Madison's sustainability plan of 2011. Not only do we share these values, we bring specific skill sets that allow us to realize these ideals. Uh, Mary Young and Martha Nordarse own and operate a low-impact lawn care and landscaping business in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Michelle Yanis runs a nonprofit organization that has electrified a school in rural Mexico with solar power and has aided residents of the same community in building and adopting the use of composting toilets. Catherine Kerr is a builder and architect who most recently designed the Net Zero Ready Home built by students in Madison College's construction and remodeling program. <laughs> and I personally have been remodeling and building homes in this community for more than 20 years. 
and I'm currently the most senior faculty member of Madison College's construction and remodeling program, a program that has been building small, energy-efficient homes since 2006 when I led the program in that direction. Our most recently completed home actually was purchased by the Madison Community Development Authority and is the first of what will be about 20 affordable units in the Allied Drive Duns Marsh neighborhood. Uh, so it's with these skills that we hope to design and build a home that fits into the neighborhood, uh, and it certainly will by size and proportion and look, and that it will be a home that uses very little energy, resulting in a lifetime of savings to its occupants, and that it gives one more person, one more couple, or one more family the opportunity to enjoy living in this lovely neighborhood in a gem of a home. And I thank you. Thank you. The next registrant supporting wishing to speak is Michelle Lamas. I think that's is that correct? Who will be followed by Mary Young, who will be followed by Alice O'Mannon. Thank you. Alice. Mary. All right, thank you. My name is Mish Giannis. Um, I'm one of the co-owners at 501 Welch, and I'm speaking to you tonight to urge you to vote in support of this zoning map amendment. I've been based in Madison for the last 28 years, living, working, and serving my community here. My wife and I have raised a young man in this neighborhood who's now a taxpayer and renter in District 12, and we are currently property owners. While the sale of 501 Welch came along, um, it was just an opportunity for us to further invest in our very own neighborhood, and my friends and I were really excited to do so. What we quickly discovered when making an offer on this property was that it was originally plated as two lots, platted as two lots. This information is available on the city assessor's website. Um, simply inquiring at zoning confirmed this for us. And we believe that the first prudent step in moving forward was to determine if this property could in fact be rezoned and then proceed with designing and building an energy efficient small home in our very own neighborhood. I prepared the application, my wife and Catherine worked on the drawings and we really did our best to conform to the neighborhood standards and all zoning and building codes. From the very beginning, our approach has been to explore our options within the established codes and ordinances whose purpose is to guide development and growth in our own community. Our request is to recognize the two originally platted lots and we're currently restoring and maintaining a bungalow built in 1919 on one of the lots. And then on the vacant lot, we hope to develop housing that's in keeping with how our neighborhood lots have been developed. As you've read in the packet, the staff report has recommended this rezoning request and indicate it meets all standards for rezoning. The, the plan commission at first referred us in order to allow time for more public engagement, and we followed through with that request. We've listened to approximately 35 of our neighbors, and we've responded by outlining our own vision for a sustainably built energy efficient home to be approximately 1,000 square feet. We are very open to a shared driveway option and have tried to inform our neighbors that exploring that also means losing two of the mature trees on the lots. 
We are proceeding with getting more information from traffic engineering about safety concerns for moving the driveway, as well as working with the Urban Tree Alliance for a tree management plan so that we can carefully weigh losing a parking spot on Center Avenue with losing two mature spruce trees in the neighborhood. To clarify the timeline, we hope to begin construction in the spring of 2016. Um, since we don't have a design or build set up yet, we have also let neighbors know that we are willing to sell the vacant lot should they choose to come together and buy it and maintain it as a green space that they would like to see continue. We're happy to work with any interested parties who may have a different vision for this lot. There are neighbors opposed and there are neighbors in support of this rezoning. The staff report and the plan commission support this rezoning request. Currently, my property is zoned differently from every adjacent pro property. Rezoning this property restores it to the originally planned lots and zones them like the adjacent neighbors. In fact, both lots will actually be larger than average for the neighborhood. Rezoning also allows for future infill housing that's consistent with our city's comprehensive plan and furthers the development goals of my neighborhood, city, and county. Please vote yes in favor of this rezoning amendment. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you. So I fumble with all these registrations. The next one registrant is Mary Young, uh, supporting wishing to speak. And Mayor will be followed by Alice, opposing wishing to speak. Will be followed by Mary Conroy. Good evening. My name is Mary Young, and I'm one of the new owners on the title for 501 Welch. Although I currently reside in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I have lived in Madison for 25 years. 21 of those I owned a home on Rutledge Street on the east side of Madison before moving to the Twin Cities to pursue an opportunity to join my partner and develop an eco-friendly business, Earthworm. We're an organic and solar electric lawn care, landscaping, gardening service. Being able to pursue my love of plants gardening and developing a practical partnership with environmental conservation has brought a wonderful new chapter into my life. I'm grateful for that opportunity. By helping urban dwellers greatly reduce negative impacts we have on our environment by eliminating the use of lawn chemicals and developing strategies to greatly reduce water runoff from our city lots, we are creating a positive change. Although I currently sport Minnesota plates on my vehicle and voted for a former Saturday Night Live cast member, my dearest friends and family are here in Madison. Several showed up tonight to support us, and this is where I consider my home. For me, the purchase of 501 Welch Ave, along with my friends, with the hopes of developing a low-impact dwelling in an energy-efficient that fits into the existing neighborhood, which is a wonderful neighborhood, presented itself as yet another great opportunity that's in line with my philosophy of environmental stewardship and as a way to continue to establish and nurture my roots here in Madison. The prospect of collaborating with this particular group of women that Allie noted builders, carpenters, teachers, chemists, um, community builders, public health advocates. It's a very exciting opportunity for us. I am very cognizant of the concerns that we're considered outsiders and we are not being invested in that neighborhood, but we are invested in that neighborhood and more than that, we're invested in the community of Madison at large. <laughs> We are coming in and trying to make changes, but we want to do those thoughtfully. However, within our group, 
We have close to 100 years of history with the city of Madison. We are not outsiders, but rather women who care about community. I also understand and am sympathetic that change is very difficult and at times more difficult than others, but change can also bring more positive things. If we all recall the contentions, debates against the Monona uh, Terrace, and I'm sure we've all enjoyed dances at the Dane County on Wednesday afternoons. I want to be clear that we are and that we are and we will be good stewards of our property and we will be respectful and good neighbors. Our intentions are to develop our property on Welch Avenue in a considerate and thoughtful way, providing additional living space for either ourselves or like-minded people who truly love the East Side neighborhood. Tonight, I'm hoping that the council will agree with the Planning Commission's unanimous vote that our property at 501 Welch can be rezoned as it was originally intended into two independent lots to support two independent dwellings that can only be a better asset to our community. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Alice? Omar. thank you. Followed by Mary Conroy. Followed by Ann. It's Fredwald or Frywald. Thank you for allowing us to speak against this uh, rezoning. Um, I feel a little bit like we've just been bulldozed by uh, some of the uh, Planning Commission people. This, what they're doing is they're looking at a map, and they look, oh, there's two plats there. So, of course, that's okay. Let's just rezone it. They're not looking at the neighborhood, and that's what we're looking at. They're not looking at historical preservation, which is what we're looking at. And I thought Madison was all about that. And historically, this has been a cottage with an oversized yard. And I'm very concerned that the characterization of the owners of the property is, oh, well, we're not outsiders. Well, actually, they are. Two of the people live out of state. What they are are investors. They're not neighbors. They don't want to be neighbors. They don't intend to live in the house to remodeling. They don't intend to, you know, own the house and live in the house. They want to build on that other plot. They want to move in, make as much money as they can, and move out. They're not actually not even moving in. They're swooping in, making all these changes to our neighborhood, and they don't really care about the consequences. Tonight is the first night, and um, we have all been pretty active on this issue. This is the first night we've heard that they want to offer uh, the sale of this other lot to the neighbors. That's the first time we've heard it. It seems like everything keeps changing to um, adjust to what is the current issue. One, one of the things that I'm very concerned about is the driveway they proposed adding at the back of the house. Now they're saying they want to do a shared driveway. They didn't want to do that the last time we talked, and now all of a sudden they think that's a good idea. Well, I hope they do stick with that plan. But if you allow this rezoning to go through, there will be nothing to stop them from putting a driveway, an added driveway on center. We'll lose two parking spaces on a very short street that is in a curve, on a hill, and leads into Atwood Avenue. Now, I've been told, I've talked to the city safety people, and they're like, no problem. Well, you know what? If you live on that street, you'd understand there is a problem. It's a very busy little street. There's parking only on one side. And there are a lot of kids in that neighborhood because Lowell School's just a block away. 
So I don't think those concerns of ours are exactly being addressed. And I'd really like the um, city council to consider the safety issues that people who have lived in the neighborhood, who have driven down that street for 25 years, know exist. And I really think that it's something that you need to take into consideration. Also, it's like, you know, all these neighbors are in favor of this. No, there really are very few neighbors in favor of this. And I think that is the proof of that is the protest petition that so many of the people close to that property were willing to sign. And you're being asked to have a higher vote count as a result of it or a higher percentage or whatever it is. Three quarters of you need to vote in favor of this. This isn't always progress. Adding another a property, a building is not necessarily pro progress. And you say infill is a cool new thing. Tiny houses are the cool new thing. This property was a property of poetry and prose and plenty of wine. And we loved this property. We loved the person who owned this property and respected the property and respected the neighbors. And to have a, the property turned into a little money-making machine for some outside investors is really a travesty. And I hope Madison hasn't come, hasn't turned into, you know, Donald Trump at city. That would make me really sad because that's what this is all about. Thank you. Thank you. Mary uh, Conroy and Pridewald. Thank you. My name is Mary Conroy. I live at 3209 Center, which is adjacent to 501 Welch. Um, when I moved into the neighborhood 23 years ago, I found many long-term residents, some as long as 50 years. Um, we are the original new urbanism. <laughs> um, since 1918, which was when most of the properties were developed, we've been living in houses of 800 square feet, um, possibly someone has a 1,000 square feet lot um, home. I'm not sure about that. But even the rental properties are owned by people who live in the immediate neighborhood. Um, I want to add one thing about Center Avenue. People coming down Atwood Drive from um, Cottage Grove Road cannot turn left on Oak Ridge. So they turn left on Center. Um, Center Avenue, our block, is only 150 feet from Welch to Atwood. Already there are six driveways in that area. We have many young children in the neighborhood. We have children who walk down, that, um, down our sidewalks from Lowell School. We have teachers who are parking there. I'm really worried about trying to pull out, uh, people trying to pull out of driveways and children having to be constantly aware. As it is, I feel like I'm taking my life in my hands every time I pull out of my driveway. Um, the road is so narrow that there is no parking on one side. Hardly anyone has a terrace except for 501 Welch. So that's the only place that can accept snow unless we just keep making this, the street more and more narrow all winter from the snow piles. I'm concerned about the poor communication that has been going on from the beginning of this. Um, you know, all I knew was that new people had, um, had bought this property 
and that um, and the first time I met them, they said they were from Minnesota, and they said nothing about driveways. Um, we we have seen stories changing um, at the planning committee committee meeting. One of the women said, one of the owners said, yes. One of us will live there in the current cottage. And at our neighborhood meeting at their home, they said, no, we can't promise that. Um, I'm, I'm floored by the idea that we can suddenly buy the new lot, too. Um, we were told at the planning commission meeting that we couldn't talk about our property tax values going down. So I don't know where to talk about that, but I feel betwixt and between. Um, I, um, I do have one more concern, and that is that neighbors have seen Marsha Rummel helping the new owners clear brush from their property on July 5th. So we have some misgivings about her representing people who've lived in the neighborhood for years. I, um, I for instance, have never had her clean brush. If she wants to do that, it would be wonderful. Um, for the sake of the children on our block and for the sake of traffic safety, please don't vote for this zoning change. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Anne, I apologize. I just can't read the fourth letter of your name. It will be followed by Sam Breedenbach. Thank you. Thank you for your time tonight. I'm here in support of the rezoning. I don't actually believe that the driveway issue has anything to do with the rezoning, which you're asking for. Um, but I think that was all in your packet. Uh, on full disclosure, these are good friends of mine, these women, these investors, these people who are money-hungry, grubbing <laughs> people. I do uh, believe that I would support this rezoning if it was in my neighborhood, even if it was next to my home, because I understand how zoning works. This was plotted as two uh, lots in 2013. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in, uh, in 1918 and 2013, through, I believe, a mistake in the rezoning, it was plotted as one lot. They're simply asking for it to go back to the original two lots, and the lots, as Allie mentioned, will be as large uh, as uh, almost any lot in the immediate block that the lots are on. Uh, while I understand their concern about traffic safety, I must say that I'm sure that Center Avenue is not the only um, residential street in the city of Madison that has traffic concerns. I know the one I live on has a lot of speeding cars and lack of parking. So uh, I'm not sure how that fits into the, to the situation here. Uh, but uh, I believe the action is a repair to an error in the rezoning, and I fully support it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the last registrant wishing to speak is Sam uh, Breedenbach. Breedenbach. Breedenbach, sorry. Very good. Thank you. Hi there. Um, I am a personal, well, I own TDS Custom Construction and um, Allie, I, I'm here as a character uh, reference for Allie Barini. Allie um, was an employee of mine back in 1995 for about six years. Um, she helped build uh, the Arbor House and she came in as a um, sort of a dropout from MIT as a chemical engineer in the chemical engineering program. And I thought, why would you do that and become a carpenter? <clears throat> and um, she, if my, if my memory serves me well, she said, you know, I didn't want to sit behind a desk. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a pragmatic 
uh, contributor to, to society and build things. So she quickly uh, rose in the ranks in my company. And um, uh, I think in early 2000, left for a little bit on a stint of her own uh, as a carpenter, forming her own business. And then uh, came back for a couple of years because uh, that didn't work out, but then got a position at MATC, uh, which she, where she is currently um, employed. And since that time, um, we've had a lot of interaction with um, the uh, students who uh, her program has uh, put out, um, two of whom we've hired as employees, um, both of whom are still with us. Um, the, I speak mostly in terms of um, her character, her integrity as a builder, as a business person, and as a, as a very good friend, as well as a mentor of my, my own daughter in her own uh, professional pursuits. Uh, they have projects, uh, Ali, and by extension, a lot of her friends um, are very involved with uh, programs um, uh, doing charity work in Mexico. Um, and so the bringing that back home to Welch Avenue, um, I am also a uh, uh, neighbor on Willard Avenue about eight blocks away. And as a builder of 30-plus years, um, I recognize um, good infill um, projects when I see them. This is a unique project um, that in the wrong hands of a developer who is really out just for money um, could really turn into, with the current zoning, uh, a very large house uh, disproportionate to the scale and context of the neighborhood. Um, so... As a pragmatic matter, I, I, I support the project um, very objectively for, for those reasons. Um, the, another builder who really doesn't have the um, neighborhood's interest in, in mind um, could very easily tear down that house and build a house that is um, on the order of, uh, I believe, 35 to 40 percent larger than the sum total of the lot coverage that that they're they're proposing to have on the two parcels. So um, it could be a very different project for the neighborhood that would be r truly out of context. So I support this um, project. I think um, the neighborhood really doesn't have anything to fear from. Uh, the owners, I think they're going to be stewards of that, of those properties. And um, I would say um, I fully support the project. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, supporting and available to answer questions are Susan Weaver, Bridget Snell, and Valentin Lamas. Uh, additional registrants not wishing to speak are... A. Roberts, opposing. Barbara Ray Wesley, opposing. And Angela Trintaudi, supporting. Connie Kinsella, supporting. Mason Peter, supporting. 
and Vicki Lama supporting. And my apologies to everyone whose names I mispronounced. <laughs> I guess there's a lot over there. Um, questions of the registrants. Are there questions of any of the registrants? Alderman Rommel. Um, the applicant, someone, um, Ellie or Michelle. Hi. Hi. So we're hearing concerns about the driveway location on Welch. Did you study keeping it on center? And can you talk about what, how you came to the decision that you relocate it? Um, well, the initial idea was to relocate it to center. Um, right now, there is a driveway on Welch Avenue. It's quite narrow. It's hemmed in by these two mature Norway spruce. Uh, and the house, uh, so it's, it's down to about five feet wide at one point, uh, fairly impractical actually. Uh, so that was the, the first idea was to move it to the back of the house, which is on Center Avenue, which would be the Center Avenue. Um, hearing a lot of concern about the driveway being on Center Avenue, we agreed when the plan commission asked us to explore the idea of a shared driveway, we, we agreed to explore that. And that's where we considered whether those trees should stay, if how long they might have. They, I think they were probably there starting in, I would imagine, 1918 or so. Um, whether those trees, if those trees don't have very long to live, we're gonna we're gonna be speaking to the tree the tree guy on Friday. Um, then it might make sense to remove them now, and that would make it possible to have a, a shared driveway. Uh, the only possibility for a shared driveway involves removing at least the two trees in the front and quite frankly in order to park might involve removing the back two trees as well. So uh, there's four mature Norway spruce um, on, the, on the lot right now. And I guess people, you know, mention that, you know, who's going to be, who of the owners will be living there and maybe it's too soon to tell, but what was sort of the ideas of, the, the existing house and the new house? Well, um, to be quite frank, we, when we bought the property, that wasn't um, necessarily something we, we had sorted out, and we haven't sorted it out yet. Um, and um, there's certainly, I, I mean, it's always been a dream of mine to design a house and that I would want to live in, so it maintains a certain amount of allure to me but at the end of the day um, I feel that it's you know you never really get to choose who your neighbors are and I'm not sure what what the conversation about who's going to live there um, how it's germane to the topic of rezoning um, so it's it's kind of uh, thrown me for a loop that this question of who's going to live there keeps coming up when that's the way it works in general in neighborhoods. You don't know who's going to live in the house next to you. It's up to the people who own it. Thank you. Further questions? There are no further questions. The motion before us is, no, we don't have a motion yet. Um, so if there's no further questions, first of all, what I'll do is I'll close the hearing. Note the recommendation of the councils to adapt with conditions. And at this point, a motion is in order. Uh, Alderwoman DeMarve. I'd like to move item three. 
Motion three is to adopt the recommendation of the plan commission. There is a second of city attorney. Sixteen members of the council present. So it's a 12 vote item. Discussion on the matter. Alderman Kimball. Could I ask staff a question at this point? Sure. Mr. Tucker, could you explain why this lot was not zoned the way the surrounding lots were zoned in the rezoning? I'd be happy to, Alderman Kimball. Thank you. What happened at the time that the city went through its comprehensive rewrite of the zoning code and the creation and ultimate adoption of our new zoning map was we had established a methodology by which we would map the city. And we used that methodology to move forward to start to draft the maps. One of the recommendations was to map for lot size. We have districts that are correlating to minimum lot sizes. So we used the available data set that we had for mapping, which was the assessor's parcel database. What's unique about this lot, and there are probably maybe a couple of dozen lots like this in the community that are similar, is historically it is comprised of two platted lots, but you distinctly have the home pushed onto and placed on one of those lots to one side or the other. And for whatever reason, the property owners requested the city assessor's office to send them one tax bill. And so effectively what happened was the lots of record, the two lots that exist, were combined into a single lot for the purposes of getting one tax bill. So the source that we used for mapping, particularly in this neighborhood and other similar neighborhoods, was a data set that didn't have a refinement that identified the individual platted lots. It had the lots as the assessors have them set up for taxation. And so when you look at the lots on this block, for example, these two platted lots are the only two lots on the block that are zoned TRC2. The remainder of the lots on the block that are all of a similar size are zoned TRC3. So to quote one of the plan commissioners from the plan commission meeting, the question is, is this really a mapping error? And it kind of is. And we're encountering these as we go through time and we're finding these lot situations and encouraging the property owners, if they would like to bring these forward for rezoning, to kind of make that correction. So we end up having a zoning map that accurately reflects the underlying planning. So what we're voting on today is just a correction of what you're calling the mapping error. We're not voting on where any driveway is or any building plans or anything like that. It's just the mapping error, as you're calling it. That's correct. The lots will have to provide compliance with the zoning code in order for the rezoning to become effective and the vacant lot to be built upon. Driveways will be approved as are allowed by city engineering and traffic engineering per the ordinances. Alderwoman Rummel. Thank you, Mayor. 
Mr. Tucker, that was kind of the question. Your last point was where I was going. So at some future point, how will the driveway as for the existing house, if it gets moved or the new vacant lot as it gets developed, what is the process for that? And how do neighbors interact, if at all? Because in your in the staff report, it said it was permitted. And so just help us understand what that means. Well, to help us better understand how the rezoning would work and to ensure that we ended up with compliance on the original lot, we asked for a plan. And uh, the plan should be in your packets. And it shows a, a new driveway that's being uh, provided uh, from the north off of uh, center, I think it is. And um, that's a, a driveway that meets the zoning code requirements. So like any of the other neighbors, if they wanted to come in and modify their driveway or ask for permission to widen it, change its location, uh, they don't have to ask for their neighbor's permission to uh, install a driveway that complies with the ordinances. So what we expect will happen will be we will get uh, a plan for the new driveway for the uh, house on the corner, the house on the, uh, the corner lot, which we will be reviewing and approving. Uh, we'll be uh, um, in combination talking to the city engineering department about a permit for the curb cut for the driveway opening. We work on those together. And those are basically by right permits, meaning if you comply, you get those permits. There's no opportunity for folks to review those that are neighbors. And then uh, we'll expect to see a site plan uh, for the new home that shows a compliant driveway also. And so just to, to just, I heard you say that because the plan that was uh, requested by plan commission that the applicants provided, that is that the roadmap, are we voting on that or that's just kind of a, a potential that could work that would meet our zoning code? That was a conceptual plan that showed how the sites could comply and will be required to be, the driveways will be required at least on, this, on the corner lot for that uh, reestablishment of that lot uh, and the ability to build the, the vacant uh, lot with a driveway. Um, we're not sure exactly how the house is going to manifest itself on that lot. There are other zoning requirements such as lot coverage and usable open space that need to be met in order for a permit to be issued for the, the development on that vacant lot. And my final question, I don't know if you can answer this or, or uh, Mr. Phillips, but so, you know, everyone is worried about the scarce resource of on-street parking. And so as you mentioned, a new curb cut, that means parking goes away. How does traffic engineering or engineering uh, come up with those plans? And is that part of this approval process? Like the restriping of like spots or maybe they're not striped and they're just there or whatever. Yeah, um, they, they wouldn't be striped in this particular instance. So we would expect that uh, a driveway would probably take away one on street uh, parking spot. Does that help? Yes, thank you. And that would be just part of this process that you would work on with zoning? Um, correct. Correct. Yep. Thank you. Alderman Carter? No? Oh, I thought you said my card. I'm trying to figure out who that person was. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So am I. <laughs> I have a question for staff. Will the driveway... Um, 
ever come back to the plan commission or is that something that will be approved by your area? Uh, no, um, as Mr. Tucker uh, alluded to, if uh, the, the property is compliant, then uh, uh, it wouldn't uh, require any other approvals. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I see no one else in the queue. I'll call well, Alderman Schmidt. I was waiting for questions to finish. We're done with that. I um, just want to say briefly that it's clear that the standards are met. That's not even a question. Um, so just when you come in saying you don't want a rezoning, is the advice to those who are speaking, you need to address the standards, and that's why there's no change here. Um, I'm a bit concerned about how personal some of the discussion got. Um, some of my colleagues are familiar with my feelings on that from a meeting only two hours ago, three hours ago. Um, and I just want to say that I have no concerns, I believe. Marsha probably did her job very well. It sounds like everybody did what they were supposed to do very well. And it sometimes people have a right to do something, and they get to do it. And that's clearly the case here. Um, I have a very vague recollection that we might have even talked about this particular parcel during the zoning code rewrite, maybe during one of those work groups. I don't know. We talked about stuff like it, though. Um, and so, anyway, I this is a slam dunk. Further discussion? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote. Um, because of the requirement for 12 votes, we'll have a roll call. Uh, all those in favor vote aye. All those opposed, no. We'll vote nay, and the clerk will call the roll. All those in favor will vote aye. All those opposed will vote nay. Alder Harrington McKinney. She's not, sorry. Campbell. Aye. King. Aye. Palm. Aye. Aye. Fair. Aye. Rummel. Aye. Aye. Schmidt. Aye. Aye. Skidmore. Aye. Aye. Verveer is absent, or excused. Uh, Wood. Aye. Aye. Zellers. Aye. Aye. Aarons. Aye. Aye. Alde. Aye. Aye. Carter. Aye. Aye. Cheeks. Aye. Aye. Clear. Aye. DeMar. Aye. Eskridge. Aye. Aye. Hall. Um, okay, we have 12 uh, ayes. No. Sixteen ayes, no, none opposed, and there's something wrong with the clerk's Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> um, we'll now continue with the rest of the public hearings. Um, there are no registrations on any of them. So, oh, there are. I'm sorry. Oops. All right, so hang on to your seatbelts. Item four, public hearing open on an amendment uh, on an item to rezone, change the zoning property, address the 108 South Fair Oaks Avenue. The hearing is open. The recommendation of the council is to adapt with conditions. 
This is a recessed public hearing. And we have a registration from Ali Brini supporting that wishing to speak. And from Lou Host Jablonski, uh, available to answer questions. Brian Moroder, uh, available to answer questions. Tom Rogers, supporting, available to answer questions. Brad Kane, oh, I see. So, are there any questions of any of the registrants on four? Alderman DeMar. I'd like to move item four and the recommendation to council is to adapt with conditions. Okay, one second. got to close the public hearing. Oh. Take your motion now. There is a motion. So moved. Is there a second? There is discussion. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Declare a hearing open on item five, a license for the corner tap, 322 West Gorham. Hearings open. The recommendation of council is placed on file without prejudice. Hearings closed. Declare a hearing open on item six, new license for 6713 Odana Road. Hearings open. The recommendation of the council is to grant. Declare a hearing open on seven, a new license at 650 Grand Canyon. Recommendation of the council is to grant. Uh, can I have a motion on these licenses, please? Alderman like Meyer. Yes, sir. I'd like to move the report of the ALRC. Um, for item five, recommendation is to place on file. For item six and seven is to grant. Motion and a second. Is there a second? There is. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Declare a hearing open on 8, a uh, change in zoning for property at 101 South Mill Street. The hearing's open. Recommendation of councils to grant with conditions, to adapt with conditions. We have a registration from Brad Koenig, supporting available to answer questions. Are there any questions of the registrant? Seeing none, the hearing is closed. Alderman Numar. I'd like to move item 8. The recommendation of council is to adopt with conditions. There's a second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 9, declare a hearing open. Uh, an amendment to the general ordinances to allow the adaptive reuse of buildings originally constructed as places of worship. Hearings open. Recommendation of council is to adopt. There are no registrations. The hearings close. Alderman DeMarb. I'd like to move item 9, report of the Plan Commission. The recommendation of council is to adopt. Is there a second? There is discussion. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed? All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Declare a hearing open on item 10, uh, amending the general ordinances to keep well, the keeping of honeybees in employment districts. Recommendations of the councils to adopt. The hearing is open. We have a registration from Jason Robert Van Pelt supporting, wishing to speak. Heartful hello, city of James Madison. Honeybees are the state insect of Wisconsin. Honeybees are oftentimes used as a metaphor 
in literature and poetry to describe our democracy. I support item agenda number 10. Thank you. Thank you. Are any questions of the registrant? Seeing none, um, we'll come to a vote. Is there a motion? Wait, uh, Alder Zellers has a substitute. Alderman Zellers. Uh, yes, I have um, a substitute um, which adds to the uh, original um, ordinance recommendation uh, allowing of keeping of honeybees in airport districts and also clarifying the number of hives allowed on zoning lots where honeybees are allowed. I would like to move that substitute. Motion is to adopt the substitute. This practice troubles me because I don't understand how you can introduce a substitute without first introducing the item on the agenda. I really think we need the first item introduced. So, Alderman DeMarp, can you introduce it? I would be happy adopt? to. I'd like to move item 10, um, which is amending the sections of the code and the medicine general ordinances to allow the keeping of honeybees in employment districts. We recommend, the, recommend to council to adopt. Okay. Motion and a second. Alderman DeMarc. I mean, Alderman Zellers. <laughs> I'd like to move the, the substitute as I uh, just described it a minute ago. a second. Second. Discussion on the substitute. Seeing none, on the motion, which is to make the substitute the main motion. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. On the substitute, which is now the main motion, up for adoption, discussion. No one is in the queue. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Um, that was 10, right? Yes. All right. Let's do the rest of the hearings um, and then do them all with one motion. Item 11, declare a hearing open on amendments, amending sections of the general ordinances to update use status for adult family homes and community living arrangements. Hearings open. Recommendation of councils to adapt. There are no registrations. Hearings closed. Item 12, creating sections renumbering the general ordinances to require window wells to be built, be built up at least six inches above the adjoining ground to prevent flooding in residences. Hearings open. There are no registrations. The hearing is closed. Item 13, an amendment to the general ordinances to allow the Director of Planning and Economic Development to refer any request for alteration to the Urban Design Commission. The hearing is open. The recommendation of the Council is to adopt. There are no registrations. The hearing is closed. Item 14, creating a section of the ordinances to allow the reduction or elimination of step-back requirements in the Plan Development District. Hearing is open. The recommendation of councils to adopt their annual registrations. The hearing is closed. Item 25. Clear a hearing open on a new license for that barbecue joint at 901 Williamson Street. The hearing is open. There are, is a recommendation of the council to grant with conditions. There are no registrations. The hearing is closed. And we can now take a motion on these items. Alderman DeMar. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to move items 11 through 14, report of the plan condition, commission, recommendation of councils to adopt, and item 25 from ALRC. The motion is, or the recommendation is to grant. Motion and a second. 
on the question, which is adoption. There is no discussion. No one's in the queue. We'll come to a vote. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Uh, that takes us to item 43. Have a motion on item 43. Alderman DeMarb. Just one second. I'd like to move item 43, file number 39373, resolution to amend the project for public space contract for the Madison Public Market Business Plan. Motion and a second. Discussion on the question. Alderman Aarons. Um, I'd like to, to request that uh, we vote this down, um, if we vote no on it. This is for uh, $5,000 for a presentation uh, to explain a report which we have not received um, on the public market. Uh, it seems on on the first glimpse, I mean, it is unusual that the contract was not inclusive and did not include a presentation or some opportunity for um, uh, an explanation of the report that was written. And unfortunately, I've been uh, trying to search out how much the report costs, and I couldn't find it in the capital budget for 2015. Um, the second part, which I think is uh, more immediate and telling, is that the public market has been put off now in the, in the capital budget, I think, until 2018 or 2019. In light of the fact that this is not something which is going to be coming before us for years to come, it seems extravagant uh, for us, first of all, that we've had this report, but that's in hindsight. But here we have an opportunity to, to reduce. It's not an enormous sum of money, and we tend to say 5000 10000 whatever, but it's $5,000, and it's $5,000 to fly a bunch of people here and give a presentation about something that we may or may not do years from now. And uh, I think it's, it's simply not money well spent, and I think it would uh, be a good indicator to show a little restraint and vote this down. I'm going to turn your microphone off. There's something wrong. Yeah, well, it's it's a good thing I didn't have to talk till now. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with the uh, fine alder from District 15 um, and certainly encourage you to um, uh, consider that uh, we, we would want to have a presentation to the council about such a project with such impact uh, to the city and certainly when we're talking about financial. Uh, the local food committee is, is being very active about uh, developing plans for the public market and district uh, and certainly wants to know what our um, prerogative is if, um, if we want to move forward with this project or if there's something else. Um, the bulk of the money that we, at, we submitted to the um, the I'm sorry, the consultant was for actual, you know, work uh, to to come up with plans and concepts for us to be uh, fully sort of knowledgeable about what our expectations are. 
Uh, and, um, you know, really, quite frankly, we, we had very pared down the number of meetings that the consultant would come to Madison to discuss. And I think as we moved through this process, uh, we began to realize that we had not put in enough time for the consultant to come to Madison um, and that we thought it was sort of a high expectation of the commission, uh, sorry, the council uh, to talk directly to uh, the consultants. Uh, I mean, we have very fine staff like, um, and, and they could answer questions, but they really can't answer questions as if the consultant who put together the report together. Um, and so either way, you're going to have a report in front of you. The question for us as a council is whether or not we want to spend a little bit of money to make sure that questions that we have are answered appropriately and by the people who put together the report. Um, if you vote this down, I certainly would request that at that meeting, uh, we won't have any discussion about, boy, wouldn't it be nice if we had the consultant here um, because we had denied the use of this money. Um, and certainly, uh, if you vote this up, we will have the opportunity for the consultants to be here to respond to any of your, your inquiries. So, thank you very much. Just one uh, note that in my, uh, I briefly asked um, Mr. Schmidicke when BOE has moved this project, pushed it forward to, and it's um, 2020. So the conversation that we'll be having with the consultant will be just like the report, will be highly theoretical. Um, and if uh, we're still interested in 2019, then that might be a time to uh, bring the consultant back. But I think at this point, it's quite premature. Alderman Rommel. I want to add um, some additional comments to what Alder Palm says. Well, I appreciate what seems like, wow, it's not going to be done for five years. Why do anything now? Well, we are going to be doing things now. We have a committee that will be reconstituting itself to figure out how to do our own part of the fundraising necessary to create this structure. And we have at least two years worth of work, no matter what happens with the fleet building. There's also the opportunity that, you know, other, um, other short-term temporary spaces may be found to do more of a temporary market. And we want to inform the committee with the best advice and the council with the best advice of our consultant, like for the variations on this business plan. Because, you know, I just think it's a good idea to we paid for this and to finish part one so that we can move forward instead of postponing something. And then you're going to say in five years if you postpone it, like, well, none of these numbers are relevant because five years have gone by. So I know it seems like money that's just you're throwing it at an airline, but I think it will be money that will help us move forward as we have many decisions to make about the public market. Alderman Campbell. Um, question of Mr. Kennelly. In all of the public engagement activities you've been doing around the um, public market and committee work, have there been questions that have come up that you thought that the consultants would be able to answer better than you were able to do? Are there certain areas that you feel like the team of consultants could really inform the council and the committee on? Yeah, you know, so we've 
we have had a very robust process of public engagement. Um, we've been doing a lot of community meetings that staff has done alone, and we've done several um, that, that our consultant, uh, our team, uh, has been at as per their, their scope of work. The, you know, there, there were uh, meetings identified in their scope um, that, they, that they did along the way. Um, we just didn't scope a, a final meeting for them to, to kind of come um, to council. Um, and yeah, you know, I, certainly staff is up to speed on the business plan and uh, has been, you know, engaged in the project for a long time. Uh, but what the Project for Public Spaces team brings is, you know, decades of experience not only planning public markets but actually managing and running them. Uh, so there's a perspective that they offer um, that is always valuable to have uh, and has always been valuable uh, when they have been in town. Further discussion? Alderman Cheeks? As a member of the Board of Estimates, I feel like um, silence is, is complicit, and I just wanted to um, inform people that the Board of Estimates hasn't, in fact, taken uh, action on postponing this. We've discussed it in our uh, deep dive. Is there any objection to my speaking on the matter? I've got one comment first, please. I would say the Board of Estimates recommended it. Thank you. Uh, one, the capital budget is recommended by the mayor <laughs> is still under consideration and no final decision in my recommendation has been made in regards to this matter. Secondly, regardless of what that's worth, I don't know how anyone could predict what the city council will do to that recommendation. Thirdly, if it appears in the capital improvement plan for 2019, 2020 or a year beyond that, I think the most responsible thing to do, realizing that well, there, uh, well, to realize that on occasion, both through the federal government and the state government, there becomes funding opportunities for what are referred to as shovel-ready projects. Lastly, as someone's already pointed out, there's going to be private participation in the project, and we have to be able to answer questions for the last two types of challenges that may come. Work and thought and consideration of something as important as this project with its economic and health benefits to the entire city should not come to a close and we shouldn't shut our brains. So I would hope that this would be approved. The $5,000 in proportion to what we've already committed to the project and its eventual impact on the community is an incredibly wise investment. Further discussion on the question? Seeing none, the votes before us. There is no one else in the queue. All those in favor, aye. aye. Opposed, no. no. Motion carries. Uh, is the desk clear? 
If so, Alderman DeMeyer. I'd like to move adjournment. Is there a second? Any announcements? Announcements are in order. Seeing no announcements. Um, see you next month. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries.